With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Dave and Jacqueline bring you up close and personal to the innovators, contributors, and creative minds in and around technology today. Visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. There, you will find a full list of our broadcasts from all across the technology spectrum, our social media handles, and related content. So sit back with Dave and Jacqueline as they serve up Technology Expresso, fast, hot, and intense. Hello, and this is Jacqueline Sanders-Blackman broadcasting this evening on uh, Technology Expresso Radio. Happy to be with you guys on an evening edition and actually broadcasting remote. And happy to continue our biweekly series with Coop. So hello, Coop. How are you? I'm doing great. And I guess I'm remote too, but I'm in the place where I'm usually at. I'm at my house, but I guess that's not in (laughs) the official Technology Expresso studio. Ah, there you have it. There it have it. And you know, hey, taking advantage of technology to, uh, you know, bring our message to our folks and to continue these discussions and conversations. So, hey, making it happen uh, wherever That's we right. are. So. And you know, Jacqueline, in the radio world, you'd be on location because you're out teaching some classes right now. So, um, you're actually on location, doing doing the work and seeing the people this week. Oh, that's so true, so true, absolutely, and enjoying it, enjoying it very much. Love being out and about, and a lot of um, our, our the, you know, the content does come from, you know, being out here, um, being with the people who are doing it every day, us finding uh, new ways and creative ways, and, and hearing what the, the latest and greatest challenges are. So um, staying on, on top of that and things that learning in the classroom and problems we're solving, being able to share it with a broader audience. Because sometimes the the pain points are, although the, the names and faces change, you know, sometimes those pain points are more similar than you can imagine. So, and, you know, that is actually a great segue. <laughs> um, <laughs> because one of the things that we said that we wanted to talk about was back to basics. And, you know, as a matter of fact, we wanted to even take this show to say, what is basics? What's back to basics? You've got the IT industry has been around for now about 30 years. Uh, I feel like I was uh, there pretty much uh, somewhat in the, the infancy when it was coming about, especially from a commercial and from businesses really uh, adapting it and, and starting to utilize it. Now we've seen it evolve, and now it's a strategic part of every industry, I'm going to say. I'm going to venture out there and say every industry is using technology in some form or fashion. And I've been able to touch upon a lot of those different industries. So it's been a great experience. Um, but, you know, we, we've been learning. I feel like we, the IT industry has gone through that kind of uh, crawl and, and walk and maybe stumble and crawl a little bit more. And then, you know, and, and so the question is, is now, and it's you the same way, Coop. I mean, you've been in and out of the IT industry in different facets and so on and so forth. So today's show, we're going to kind of give a definition to what is back to basics. Um, have we gotten too far away from them? Um, do they still hold up today? So that this is what today's show is about. 
And, and when we talked about it, Coop, when we said we're going to do a show on back to bases, what came to mind for you? I think the uh, the first piece was regardless of where you are, where you're at, um, and maybe this is something that got lost along the way too. Was like, uh, and for lack of a better word, just scoping, right? And you know, defining the problem and understanding what are we really going after and looking at the objectives. I think for a while it maybe in our industry, in the space, in this field, people maybe tended to go through the motions in that. Like they kind of knew, uh, hey, we want to get to the solutioning and that's the fun part um, and kind of went through the motions a little on the on the, the objectives, the goals, identifying the real opportunity, getting to the heart of the matter, or what problem are we really trying to solve. Um, but I think that that's one of the keys definitely to, to basics, um, no matter – where you are, what you're doing, that is is a key piece. And if you don't do that, there's, you know, there's a big risk of of not, you know, delivering something, but it's not exactly quite right. No, that that's a good point. And you know, interesting enough, it's like you you can't talk very long. At least I can't uh, about the IT industry without kind of mentioning agile. And and then today's world with that agile being thrown around. Uh, and talked about so much, you know, it's all about faster. And even the word lean, you know, you hear that a lot. And everybody wants to go lean, and they want to do things quick, and they want to do agile. So you're absolutely right that, you know, we want to skip steps and some of the fundamentals. And scoping, is. it feels like we've been preaching about scoping, for such a long time. So why don't you think, do you think our industry is just hard-headed? Is that what the problem is? Or is there just a a new wave of people that come in that still haven't, uh, don't don't see uh, the lessons learned over um, this time, uh, all these years? What do you think? Well, I think part of it, it's, it's a difficult thing to um, get your hands on. It's a, and, and maybe some of it's, it could even be uh, equated to people not wanting to make decisions about this stuff, right? If you lay out a goal for a, a project or an initiative or, you know, um, uh, an amount of work and say, we're trying to achieve X, Y, and Z, and you don't achieve it, then maybe you're, you know, maybe there's a culture in your organization that you're going to be uh, fired or moved or demoted, whatever it was. So, uh, I think it's a combination of it's a difficult thing to do. Um, it, it's a lot easier to talk about a system and the features and the functions and what it feels like and what it does than really sitting back and saying, what are we trying to accomplish with that? Um, the other thing is I think people think they, and to some extent they do. I don't want to say people don't do it, but I think some people think like, okay, yeah, we've I've thought this through. I've I've sat back. I talked to a couple of people. Now I'm ready to... Um, let's get to the solution. I know what the problem is. Let's let's get to it. Um, the the challenge with that is I don't think um, enough. You know, in the the tools suite that that we talk about and other people talk about and teach and the the techniques that are out there to help organizations get down to the the heart of the matter. Um, I think they they don't utilize enough of those and cross reference and double check. Um, on things. Uh, I do want to mention, and I'll let you kind of comment on that, but I do want to mention lean, you know, because you and I have been, uh, at least as recent as this week, started talking about lean business analysis. And I, I did a workshop called Lean Decision Making when I was in New Zealand a couple of weeks ago. And it was all about, you know, helping helping people do lean business analysis. So, um, and I think, you know, with, with Agile too, people try to be lean. I think, um, and the way I defined lean business analysis was to add customer value with fewer resources. Cause that's, you know, if you go to the, look for the definition of lean in the term, the way we're speaking about it, not being like lean muscle mass and, uh, you know, no body fat, that kind of thing. Cause I'm definitely not, I don't fall into that kind of lean business analysis, but, um, lean, you know, the definition is to, you know, remove waste and basically continue to add customer value, but reduce resources. And I think, I think people look at 
lean business analysis or lean in any way and only really think about half of the the equation or half of the definition, right? They tried to remove resources, right? It's like, well, how can we get lean? How do we reduce resources, right? Um, and I think you have to look at both pieces of that puzzle. Um, are we adding customer value uh, and doing a better job and adding more customer value with less resources? So it's not just removing somebody or people um, or a group of people. It's you still have to add customer value. So I think people don't think about it in those terms. They think more on the at least some of the the stories I've heard and the people I've talked to, they're talking about removing people, but not thinking about, well, can you still add the right level of customer value by re just reducing resources? So I know I said a lot there, so I'm going to let you uh, chime in. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I don't know, you know, which, which one to, to comment on first, but, you know, of course, when you talk about lean, um, that part is near and dear to my um, heart. And one of the things is even when we think about, you know, Six Sigma and, and always trying to think about, you know, different efficiencies and continuous process improvement, that does not come without a lot of thorough analysis and, and um, you know, doing that, that background to determine if you change this, you know, the cause and effect. But, you know, that, right. that goes back to sometimes I think that there's that, you know, rush to judgment and um you know even sometimes we'll we'll cut first and then we'll we'll, we'll figure out was that the right piece See what to, happens, to cut right? off yeah. <laughs> um well and, you know, you know and, on that i if i could just jump in with a, a story about that i think you know people or i used to do that with reports and reporting systems because you know over the years the reports would get so bloated you know, and have all these reports in there, and we couldn't determine who used what report. So it was like, you know what? Let's cut 90% of the reports out, and then if somebody calls us screaming, where is this report, then we'll know it was being used. Um, so, so that is that there, there is times when you should do that, right? Um, I don't recommend it for everything, though. <laughs> and, and, and you're right, and it's so funny that, that, that you jumped in with that example because – um, you're, you're right, and I think that there, there's, to what you said, there's a time and a place, and you got to see what is at risk. And, you know, that's one of yeah. the things I wanted to circle back and maybe even flip the question back to you is sometimes I look at our IT industry, and we try to borrow different methodologies because we've seen it work in other industries, everything, because everything from lean and Kanban, a lot of those, um, Six Sigma, CMMI, I can go on and on. They're, they come from that manufacturing-type industry. And one thing, and this is, my, this is my own personal point of view, is that uh, mm. I'm just seeing that IT is not in any way cookie-cutter. It's not repetitious. You can do one thing on one project, and it works perfectly fine. That next one is new territory. And what we often find, we're reconfiguring the, the team. So when you go in there, um, something that you could, you know, you know, maybe that isn't high risk, yes, you can take chances. But there's other projects that you have to look at. And, again, this goes back to some of that upfront analysis and say, okay, what, what's that risk here? This one, and, and back to our topic, this one, we need to slow down and, and go through the A, Bs, and Cs and, and not yep. skip any steps. And I think that sometimes happens that because, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a big advocate for Agile. There, I've been on some great teams, some great projects related to Agile. But I am one person who will say there's a time and a place for Agile too. And I think people, I, I, and I sometimes say this, is that I see where companies say our department is going Agile or our company is going Agile. And it's just blanket across the board and, um, you know, without really saying, okay, well, let's, let's look at the nature of what we're, we're trying to uh, accomplish and what the impact is and, and so on and so forth. And to go faster, and, I, and I, I say this too, to go faster sometimes, you've got to slow down and make sure you get the upfront things right. And that's what allows you to go faster, even in, in agile. And I, know, I think sometimes, People miss that that point. All they hear is the fast part, 
and they're often and running. Yeah, no. Um, and and I think well, tell me this: would you would you say agile? And, and this is your term, so like agile little a is makes <laughs> sense for you know most things. And I think what you're saying, and we've had conversations about this, so correct me if I'm you know not interpreting your um your terms or your definitions the right way but i think like to me agile is just the the way we should approach stuff and it's more of a mindset um and it's not a prescribed process so going through the motions of agile of you know scrum or writing user stories that's that's doing an agile kind of thing but like being agile is what you're talking about, right? It's like thinking about and critically thinking, okay, where are we today? What's going on? What is the best thing that we can do to move us forward? Um, and thinking about risks and thinking about constraints and all those things and making decisions based off that rather than any prescribed process. Because if you go through a prescribed process, whether it's scrum or it's a waterfall kind of thing, um, to your point, this stuff, whether uh, people want to admit it or, or believe it, it's not A, B, C, D, right? I mean, there's no prescribed process. And I think to your point about manufacturing, where a lot of the, the tools and techniques come from, um, and especially with lean, right? I mean, with lean manufacturing, it's, all a, it's a repeatable process. So you could easily check right? Um, are we getting better? Like if we remove this piece of the puzzle, what happens to that door that we were supposed to put on a car, right? Um, and it's almost like you could, you could see that, you can feel it. Um, with, uh, with software, one thing is we're, we're dealing with human beings all the time, right? And people. Um, and it's, you know, I wrote a blog about uh, BAs, uh, your next robot or your next BA is going to be a robot. So until that point, um, we're dealing with human beings. So human beings are different every day. They have different interests. They have different, uh, depending on the project, they might be, have a different, uh, they might fall, maybe have a little more power or a little more influence over a project. Um, someone might be more interested in a project or less interested in a project. And so every day, you know, attitudes change. So, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and expect, you know, the same results. Um, so, so I do, you know, just going back to the, the whole agile thing, I think it, it comes down to, there were two things. Another piece of the basics that I was going to talk about is process stuff. Um, so you have to, and seeing the impacts to processes. So you have to know what your processes are, and then as you're building stuff and changing things, you have to be able to evaluate the impact to that process to see if it's a good decision or not. Or is it something that changes? Is that something we're ready to accept? Is that something the, the, the user community is ready to accept? So understanding processes and how things work in an organization is clearly a basic uh, business analysis uh, capability that regardless, you need you need to have that in your toolbox and be thinking about it and doing it. Yes, absolutely. You know, and one of the things that that, that um, you said, which is is interesting, and, and let me respond even to the the big A and the the little A. And I definitely think that little A is the 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 mindset, and in that mind also is you know to your point is being open to not only is there not just one way to do agile. Even from team to team, there could be variations uh, within an organization, but also not saying that everything not perceived to be agile is bad. Being agile is right. being open right. to looking, you know, and, and, and quite honestly, you know, uh, agile is just a, a, a whole uh, mixture of other methodologies, some of, some of the good pieces out of various different methodologies, um, over the, the years as well. So I think people sometimes have to, you know, Agile was never meant to be anti-anything, um, you know, and, and so that's one of the, the aspects that I see that people who want to be so-called purists, 
around agile and saying this way or that way. Hybrid is not a bad word when it comes to, to agile. But I will say it, on the big A side of agile where there are there's different, you know, once agile and the, the, the whole manifesto came out, then, of course, you had things like Scrum come about, and, and, and actual Kanban didn't come out of Agile. Kanban already existed, and we kind of adapted right. some of those concepts in, and, um, and now there's, you know, SAFE and that type of thing. And there, each one of them, there is the different ceremonies, I would say, they have a purpose. Do things with purpose and understand the purpose. There's nothing bad about these ceremonies. And at the same time, what I do see is, and those those ceremonies honestly, I think came about because of good intentions. Because people trying to implement agile, we're trying to, you know, when you're trying to scale this and communicate this to a, a whole group of people, you've got to have some type of parameter, some type of framework. Um, and that's where I think that some of these, you know, ceremonies come about. If we say we need to have, you know, regular communications. Well, okay, why don't we have a stand-up every morning for 15 minutes just to have a quick touch point? So, so you have stand-up. What I see on the other end is people want to say that they're agile and not back, you know, back to our conversation about basics. They don't want to do their homework to understand which of those ceremonies really will help you in executing some of the, the manifestos. So some groups, you know, I definitely say starting out, you've got to start with the basics, even in Agile. And then there's, and one of the basics to me that I do not think is optional is retrospect. And the retrospect is what lets us continuously then make it your own, make it work for your team until you get to that, that spot where, you know, you're that, that well-performing, self-managing team and, you know, your communication is, you know, on par, and and the product that you're producing is proof of that. So, you know, I I think that, you know, all all that said, I think that what I find sometimes, and and something you you mentioned that made me uh, jot something down, a a point that I wanted to hit, is that sometimes I think the problem is is that people, this kind of, things are so complicated to some extent, that it's not so easy to self-diagnose yourself in IT. And I think that I, I, I see people, I used to joke with one organization and say, you all have um, random acts of process improvement because they try one thing, then if that, you know, if that didn't, if they didn't see an immediate return on investment, they would jump into something else. So, you know, in with Agile, out with Agile, in with, you know, a, a different tool, you know, out with that. Then we're going to do, you know, and it was, I was like, these are just random acts of improve, so-called process improvement, but you're never allowing things to settle in to give it a try and then to, to find ways to, to make it work in your environment. Um, you know, so it's just a little bit of uh, process improvement schizophrenia or something. So that, that, and you and I had talked about sometimes, it, it takes someone um, from an outside perspective to kind of help you kind of do some of that, that assessment. And so that's one of the things that I've also kind of put out there too is that um, sometimes you need someone from the outside to, to look. And I know people talk about they have in, in, in the world of Agile, we have a lot of coaches on the inside, but even from a, a step above that to kind of do some type of uh, assessment and diagnosis. So, you know, it's like we, we talk about those groups and, th- you know, you sometimes find people, they complain about one thing, um, but they don't necessarily, they, they're pointing to all the wrong things. You know, I, I've talked about it before where people say, well, um, you know, we need to work on, and it, it might be something like um, our stories, our, our stories um, are the problem. So everybody's pointing to the stories. But it's back to what you said that and the stories are never going to be right if you never lock down your scope, you know. So I, that, right, that's you what need I, something. I, I, oh, sorry for cutting you exactly. off. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say, yeah. You, in that case, with story, you need 
like if you never have an anchor or something to make decisions off of, uh, if that story aligns with where we're going and does it help us get there better, um, then yeah, you can, you're always going to have problems with your stories. Um, so there was a couple of things you said. I really liked that random acts of process improvement because I, one of the things I had as basics was continuous learning. And I think, you know, using the term of retrospective is the way to you, a basic is continuous learning and seeing what's working, what's not, and trying to adapt and uh, make those changes. And what I like about the random acts of process improvement kind of villain that that's out there, I think people, we tend to try something. And as soon as we have this inkling, we start to get nervous, right? That it, it's not working. It's not working. Like abort, abort, you know, get out as soon as you can. Um, and, and I think we have to, we have to understand that that's why with all the things that are out there and all the techniques that are out there and ways to do different stuff, um, we have to understand their purpose and kind of believe in that purpose and give them a chance. So when you have these retrospectives or whatever you're using to kind of continuously learn, you have to determine, okay, well, how long are we going to give this before we, you know, abort? And it can't just be one time. And, you know, for me, a while ago, I love, now I love using like lean coffee, uh, talking about lean again. Um, and I, I don't know if you're as familiar with that process, but it's like an agendaless meeting and the the group decides on the agenda so you you know the beginning of the meeting is you kind of discuss you have an overall topic and then you kind of brainstorm about what are the different things within that topic that you want to to move forward with and then the group votes on what they feel is most important um and then the highest voting topic uh wins and you start talking about that and you time box the the discussion and uh, at the end of that time box, you know, three, five minutes, whatever it is, kind of do thumbs up, thumbs down. And if it's thumbs up, then we keep going with that topic, thumbs down, then the group has kind of had enough of that topic and they move on. Well, one of the first times I did that and someone introduced it to me, I actually, I was getting, I didn't feel like we were getting to the point of what I thought, you know, the results of the meeting were supposed to be. And I'm like on a back channel working with somebody, um, the the other guy leading this meeting and saying, I think we need to change the process. I think we need to change the process. And uh, luckily, he kind of talked me out of it. And I went for it. And we went with it. And it was a great meeting. And, and the process worked. So I think that's just an example of what happens on on projects. People start to they get nervous. They're not seeing kind of the the light at the end of the tunnel per se and they don't understand kind of how the process works so they they get nervous and they they jump to something else um and then and keep doing that right exactly and you know and and that's one of the things around especially process improvement and when you're introducing new things is that People have to understand, you know, there's that, that whole concept of forming, storming, you know, conforming, norming. Um, and you have to, you almost need someone on the team to remind everyone it's going to get uncomfortable before it gets comfortable. And so right. it, it's kind of just, just, just hold on, you know, give it a couple of uh, a cycles, give it, you know, like you said, give it to, you know, give it a little bit more time. Um and, you know, either we, we learn something or we, we learn not to do that anymore. You know, it, it's You're one right. or the other, but <laughs> but that's part of the, the, the process. But there's going to be those uncomfortable uh, periods. And then that's where you need to have the, the right people, champion, coaching, you know. And, and that goes back to even, you know, if we, we throw out Agile, the scrum master, that's part of what they're there to, to as well is helping the team stay healthy in their, especially in their mindset. So where people think you just um, switch people's title from project management to scrum master, and it's all the same thing. And I, and you know, very recently I heard you know someone talking about their their scrum teams, and it's being run by a project manager. Um, and when I started throwing out just a few key questions about 
Um, well, how do you go about ensuring, you know, that the team's healthy, that everybody has the right mindset, that people aren't falling back into old habits? And, you know, I get this this funny stare. So it's like, oh, oh okay. So, <laughs> you know, that's another way we say, how's that working out for you that, you know, right, he is right. no master in a big deal. <laughs> um, and, and so it, it's like because Agile is a culture change. Um, it's not just going from one methodology, you know, to to another, um, and and that's 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 I think is is so important too for organizations to um, understand. And you know, I, I want to tie that back to something else you and I have kind of talked about too. When um, it, when you're when you're trying to you know bring your organization along when you're maturing both your IT department or in even individual uh, groups and roles within uh, the, the IT department, the, I think there's a misunderstanding about training. And, <laughs> and like you said, I'm on site doing training this week, and the, the, the whole thing uh, is about interactive, not just interactive, iterative is what I mean to say, learning. I think some people think, you take one class, I got it, okay. And that was the, the, the mindset, especially back when we were talking about, you know, methodologies like waterfall. You took a class, you, if you did A, B, C, and D this particular way, you were doing that methodology. Agile being a, a mindset, that, that has to be iterative. And then let alone, you know, some of the other basics, you know, when you, you talk about scoping, you can take a class and you're going to take away pieces of that and, and, and there's the you know the next step beyond just what's in the classroom like we do at uh, B2T which is the learn by doing but what I see is when continue on that path to take follow-up classes and that type of thing I see where the light bulb goes on because now they've now gotten one level of the understanding now they're ready for the deeper dive and, and to see more information and I see people think and I think someone else said it, you know, they, they might listen to a one-hour webinar and they say, oh, I got it, and I'm done. You know, I'm off and running, and they've only got half of the, the story. So that, that goes along with, with learning. I, I mean, I know we've kind of talked about that before. Yeah, I think, you know, I think in, in today's environment, and this is not just um, in IT. I mean, just today I I found a – and I started a discussion on LinkedIn, um, but it was a, an infographic about new managers and the lack of of training they're getting and how it correlates to uh, what, as far as this research that was done, um, how it correlates to success or, or not so successful managers in their first and second year. Um, so training is kind of a... Uh, it's not just related to, to this field, but I, you know, I find it interesting that we go through, so to me, something has to change because we go through um, primary school, you know, kindergarten or preschool all the way through, you know, your senior year in uh, high school or in other countries, they call that college. Um, and then you go to university um, and you're learning in a pattern, which is kind of this repetition, iterative nature that you're talking about, right? Um, my kids, you know, I, I know this firsthand because they're introduced to, and the new math they're teaching at school, I don't get, but I'm going to trust that it's going to help um, and be better for our, our children. But they get introduced to different concepts, you know, some basic algebra concepts early on, and then you know, the next year they get a little more and then a little more and, you know, all this stuff. So it's this pattern of, of, of adding more, uh, maybe even difficult or expanded views of concepts. And, and then we get into the business world and all of a sudden um, it's like, okay, yeah, we, we got to get better. We need improvement. We know we need to learn. So go to this three-day class and come back and you should be an expert. Um, so it's uh, it's just an interesting phenomena that's out there now in my mind that we go through. So either to me, then why are we why do we get taught that way as kids, you know, into young adults, and then all of a sudden you're 22 years old and your your whole learning uh, pattern changes, um, and people expect you know you to be experts 
really quickly. So, so I think, you know, teams have to think about what are some of the, the skills that they need to understand. Um, then how do they get to a point where they can start using them and trying them in a safe environment all the way to doing them in a, uh, in a real environment and having coaches and mentors there to give them that feedback. I think it's this, um, this pattern or this consistent uh, iterative nature of learning that people have to go through. And I I don't think enough organizations um, even think in these terms, like we have to have a, uh, an overall improvement plan and how are we going to do that and think about, okay, if these are the skills, so these are the capabilities we need to get better at, here is our learning plan. And actually our learning plan is going to happen over two years, or it's going to be a year and a half, right? And and things can change within there, um, right? You can be agile and kind of adapt as, as you go, for lack of a better word. But um, to think, of, don't think about it as one-time events. Think about it as more of a program, and then um, and then you can really see some some changes, some really good positive change, behavior changes that you know, the leaders and organizations want to see. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, as we're, we're kicking around this topic and, and kind of looking at it from different angles, you know, I, I'm still looking at and, and reflecting upon this industry, and what I'm finding is is that people aren't realizing that this industry has changed. It's not what it used to be, you know, even 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Um because actually now we've got more systems and we've got more interfaces and we've got the legacy and then we're moving, you know, forward trying to stay on top of the, the latest and greatest. So, you know, I, I look back because I even uh, joke with people when I first uh, was doing something that I guess would have been called analysis or business analysis by maybe some of today's terms, you know, it was sitting and talking with the end user and, and more than likely, that end user hadn't even used a, a, a computer software to do their role. I remember working with some people in accounting, and they had always used spreadsheets. And so for the first time, we were introducing yep. this interface that we were going to do. They were thrilled with, with whatever we designed, and, um, you know, we were importing those Excel spreadsheets, and we talked to them, and, and then we'd go back to IT, and we'd kind of come up with something, and, and whatever we showed them kind of thrilled them because they didn't have anything to compare it to. Now you've got sophisticated audience, you've got complex, you've got mounds and mounds and mounds of, of data now. You know, you've got all this big data floating around. And, and then you have all these different commercial off-the-shelves and different combinations. But as things get more complex, maybe the, we need to really go back and say, but well, we need to go back to the fundamentals. We need to slow down and speed up because just going fast right now, you just you make mistakes faster. And so there needs to be some thought into, and, and you know that even as I talk about agile, because I don't want anyone to interpret what I'm saying that I'm anti-agile, but I do talk about iteration zero. There's got to be some thought going into, I'm a big proponent of, what they call the user story map. This is a some type of framework to hang off of so that as we're picking stories from the backlog, not just based on how many points we can put in an iteration, but in some order that so when we get this group completed, we can say we met this goal, we addressed this feature. So, you know, there has to be that kind of, you know, there's thought that goes into that. And um, so moving fast sometimes, there has to be that you have to make sure you have that right foundation. And I love the the image of agile sometimes can feel like, you know, trying to build a plane while you're also building the runway at the same time. If you think of the runway as the kind of technical, uh, the technical underlying pieces, and you've got to always keep that runway just a couple of feet ahead. Otherwise you're going to just run this big old thing off into the dirt. So there's this, this dance that has to be done. And that really has to be balanced. And that's some of the architects and analysts and DBAs, you know, um, having to make sure that you're making sure that you're, you're doing that, that dance. And some of that is just some of that reconciliation that happens in that, that upfront work of that, that scoping 
um, and always doing your, your traceability and reconciling back to that. So, you know, when we when we started this and we said back to basics, a, a, several things popped in my head, but you, you know, when you said scope, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, before yeah, we yeah. talk about anything else. Yeah, it's it's nailing nailing that stuff down. You made me think of something too, like, um, and, and I'm gonna, you know, lump it all into a big category around collaboration and and maybe even trust gets thrown into there. But I think one, you know, the basics, what it comes down to is collaboration. I, I think that even might be a newer basic than some of the other things we're talking about because. You were in environments in the past, you were, I don't know, there seemed to be the ability that you had to do less collaboration. I'm even, I'm not even just talking about agile teams and how agile teams are formed, but to your point around that there are so many systems that are tied to so many other systems. Um, and that this ecosystem is just, you know, this unbelievably well, uh, and I say it's well orchestrated because you know, there's so many different, like for me with my Google um, account, I, I can use my Google account for so many different sites and there's so many different things I feel like that are connected. Um, and with big data, like I go on to, to Facebook and it gives me ads that kind of show um, things that they think I'm supposed to be uh, uh, interested in based on my, you know, past searches and things like that. Um so, so I mean, it's like there, there's so much data and systems that are are tied together and working in what I think is a well. It, it might be behind the scenes, it might be crazy, but it looks well orchestrated sometimes in the in the forefront. But what it comes down to is like individuals and teams and groups and companies have to collaborate together to make all this stuff happen. And I think it's, you know, if people aren't thinking about um, how to how do we do a better job in collaboration? I think if you nail the collaboration piece and you have good open communication um, and there's trusting relationships, I think you start to other things fall into place and they get easier. When when you don't have a collaborative environment, when you have people kind of going against each other for for a number of reasons, then I don't care if you want to go agile and think agile is great, if you want to use this technique over this technique, I, I think it, that it's just going to be harder. Um, so a basic in today's environment to me is clearly you have to uh, facilitate and set up a collaborative environment. Yeah, and that's such a, that's such a good point too. Um, because, you know, when I did mention Agile, one of the things that I did talk about was about the culture, you know, that, that it's kind of a, a culture change. And you're absolutely right. And, and I love sometimes some of the things that I get to say in Agile class that completely um, shocks people. But I do that to I, – I can tell by the reaction whether they actually are doing more of the ceremonies or are they have they actually embraced the whole concept when they say, well, if we if we break this apart, um, you know, it might cause more work. Yes, it might. It might cause some rework. Yes, it might. It might cause we might have to double up on our testing and and reach. Yes, that that will happen. You know, it's like those things. Like it's like yeah, but remember we said that about embracing change and 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 that was part of it. You know, um, I, I remember someone said. I talked about them doing iterative uh, demos, you know, through Alex. Like, just because there's a demo at the end of the sprint doesn't mean you can't show them progress every day or every other day. You want to show it to them. Right. And I remember someone literally saying, but what if they don't like it? Um, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's good, right. So Great. Like, awesome. Yes. That's so, perfect. That's, so like, that's when you want to know, not two weeks from now, it, right? Yeah. Exactly, and it was like, wow, you know, you need to hear this because it's like you're going through a ceremony because all they were thinking about is we're going to build, 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 and then at the end of two weeks we do a demo. That was their mind. That's the difference between you miss the mindset and you're just doing the ceremonies. And so there is a lot to the culture. You know, one of the things 
And it, and it goes back to my comment about how important the scrum master role really is because that's one of the things they, they say. They're kind of the shepherd and the steward of the mindset and the environment and the culture. They're supposed to really kind of protect that team from these outside forces that's trying to push them possibly, you know, back into the old culture into the or to the, you know, more of the, the waterfall um, type habits. And so you have someone that is trying to really promote and bring everyone back to the, the original spirit of what the manifesto was all about. And, and that's why I often tell people that part of your retrospect, let's recite the manifesto. Let's just recall what the manifesto said. And it's, it's even interesting. I've had people who've been doing Agile for five, six, seven years, and they haven't, you know, when they see the, the manifesto, it's almost for the first time. Um, if they have seen it, they've, they've long forgotten it because they've just gotten into the, the ceremony. So you, you're, you're right, and, and all of this goes back to, you know, your point at the heart of whether it's Agile or even if you apply that same, you know, um, approach about collaboration to Waterfall, there's aspects of Waterfall, and there's, types, there's certain projects where Waterfall it could be perfectly successful if you add that layer of collaboration to it instead of it. What, what I often tell people that the, the, some of the biggest downfall of waterfall projects is because of those phase gates has set, has set things up for people to do a lot of finger pointing. You didn't complete this. Yep. You didn't do this. I'm not going to sign off or that, was, that happened during – uh, you know, during the requirements phase. So, and it just was a lot of finger pointing. So it, the, the phase gates actually built up walls um, that, that lended, it, lended itself. And, and that, and more than anything, is that not that waterfall can't work. I've seen some very structured projects where they, they were very necessary to do it in that way because, um, you know, in regulating environments, some of the signatures that you had to maintain but you can still build uh, a collaborative environment. So good point. I, I'm, I'm glad that you, you, you brought that out. So there's, there's kind of twofold. Now, I can't say that I could pick one over the other. I think both the, the, the concept of scoping as well as collaboration, they kind of, I, it's a tie for me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure I could say that it's either or. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what, you know, it's it, what I, I love about it. And it's also, I think it's the um, the wrong thing. But, you know, we I and I do it all the time. I get into great conversations with people that, you know, it's collaboration over this or it's scoping over that. I think it's the, it's the combination of all these things, right? Because you could be really good collaborators, but nobody focuses on scope too, right? I mean, everybody could get along and have positive conversations, but if, but if no one's talking about scope, then it doesn't work either. Um, so it, maybe everybody's happy and everyone feels good, but someone's going to be upset because nothing's getting done or, you know, we're not still not hitting the right thing. You know, I've been on teams where we've had great collaboration and high-fiving when we release something and then, but it doesn't meet the customer needs. So um, <laughs> that doesn't work either. So, yeah, it's like this combination of stuff that um, is so important to to think about. So it and that, you know, to your point, going back to uh, I don't know, this might be a stretch, but going back to like manufacturing, um, that's why there's so many different parts and pieces here that to make it work that um, it it's not cookie cutter. There's no silver bullet. Um, it's the combination of these things and it's. It's doing things with a purpose and critically thinking about why you're doing something over over not doing it. But at the heart, at, at in the end, you have to know, um, you, you know, and this is why we're, I think we started talking about back to the basics is like you have to know that you have to do these things. You have to talk about these things. You ha regardless, you have to talk about scope. Regardless, you have to create a collaborative environment regardless you have to talk about the data that you need regardless you have to talk about the processes right um uh and then you have to talk about all the people that are involved and make sure you have the right people and the business rules that that govern or constrain the systems you know so it's 
and I just rattled a whole bunch of stuff off. But that's that's my thing, my line of thinking in the basics is like, I don't care what you call your methodology, your process. If you don't think of the about these things, if you don't talk about these things, then you're at risk for, um, you know, missing the mark. And and not that everything's going to always be perfect, but you at least have to know that you have to talk about it, right? Um, I'm trying to use a, a house example of of some some thought. It's like if if you if you don't know the basics about electricity and how much uh, how many outlets could be on one wire, um, you're going to run a house, and you might say, "Hey, the most efficient way is to have one breaker, and we're going to you know run one line and make all these outlets throughout the house." Well, yeah, you did it a lot faster. Um, it was a lot cheaper because you use less line and you only have one breaker. But then as soon as you know you turn the power on, you blow the breaker, right? Um, so, so if you don't know the basics of electricity, um, then you're gonna you're gonna fail, uh, or you're you know you're at a, uh, a point. There's a higher risk of failure, and it's the same thing with the stuff that we do. There's some basic knowledge things that you need to know and if you uh, someone on your team or the the team's capability doesn't have that then there's a problem and that's you know that's what you and I are trying to get to what are those basic things where um if you don't even know you know it's the the things those unknown known unknown what is it uh, i always get this messed up the the un the unknown the known unknowns i don't know it was one of those things uh <laughs> But the the stuff that you don't even know. Yeah, right. You're not even asking. You're not even thinking about it. Well, that's what's going to get you in trouble. So you need to have that basic knowledge, that basic understanding. Um, And then there's, you know, there's a slew of techniques, and everybody could, you know, argue and say which one's better and why this one's better in different circumstances. Um, uh, But in the end, I don't care how you scope, right? Um, You have to have that conversation. Absolutely, and you know, for for me, you know, I, I'm I'm you. I think both of us have uh, speaking of techniques when we when we're doing the show. You know, uh, as you're talking and I'm listening to you, I'm jotting down uh, uh, words. And you know, this show when we started out, we said, well, we'll just lay the foundation. And I, and as you're talking, I'm constantly uh, I'm filling up my piece of paper with points that I want to circle back to. So, and, and like yeah. you mentioned. This isn't all going to fit in one episode. And tonight's just a, a 60-minute segment. Uh, who knew? I'm sure we could have uh, filled up two 60-minute segments. But yeah, we easy, definitely easy. want to continue. <laughs> we definitely want to continue this conversation. And for those who listen to the episode or listen to the next episode, even if you're on the line, you still have time to press one. If you're on the line with us, if you want to add to the conversation. What does it mean to go back to basics when it comes to IT? Uh, is that what we need to do? Is that what we're going wrong with some of our IT projects? If we've got any, whether it's project managers, if we've got QA out there listening to us, product managers, program managers, um, would love to hear if you think it's about going back to basics and what does that mean? Um, you know, as, as I'm, I'm, I'm looking through some of the, the things that you said, you know, one of the things that comes to mind to me that I don't think often gets put out there in the IT world is that what we are doing in IT is more art than it is science. That, that's, my, that's, that's my first statement, and that we're doing just very expensive experiments. We don't know. And some of the, it, it, basically what we're trying to do with these tools and techniques and you and you kind of hit this on your last statement was is we're trying to make sure we identify the big stuff. You know, we're trying to hit the high risk yeah. stuff, and, and that's 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 where we can begin. But we also have to start being very you know forthright and 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 then come to an agreement that we there is this is a discovery process. We're going to discover because every project it just has its twists and turns from whether it's a combination of the project team, like I said, the type of interfaces and data and legacy, um, things that you're, you're dealing with. And, and then, you know, basically you're trying to build 
and go someplace and make something bigger, better, faster. That's why we're doing what we do in IT, and it's always new territory. This is what we love about it, and what I think sometimes happens is we get cornered, and, and I can understand Businesses need to know what they're getting for their, their money. They need to know when something's going to end. They need, we need project managers. We've got to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. I, under, I understand that, but there also has to be some conversations where we, you know, say, you know, I'll get back to you on that. You know, it's like we've got to dig a little deeper. We've got to get a little further, and we'll see what we uncover as we go along. And people want IT to be so specific and so scientific, like manufacturing, it's, and it's not. And, that, and that's the one thing I think out of all of our history, we've proven that. Quit trying to just make this, a, you know, this one square box and this box and the next project be the same shape and size as the last project because they, they never match up that way. Um, and so well, that, yeah, go, go ahead. No, no, no. Well, you know, there's, so uh, there's a theory or a concept or something I, I read somewhere about how how complicated – why it's an art is because it is – things have gotten very complicated. And the big, big systems, and they're bloated, and they're touching everything. And so you make – you know, you think, you know, okay, well, it's going to take about eight hours to get this done. You do it, and then you realize, ooh, I just – messed with this thing we got to fix that too so it's a, a little bigger i think you know the the concept around app development is um maybe you know long term will will help with this because you know the concept around apps that we have on our phone they're they're primarily they're smaller in nature they're they're a single use right there's one thing that you do with them so that and as a user I can turn it on and off whenever I want, right? I can disable it from my phone. I can enable it on my phone one day. Um, so maybe, you know, even though they're integrated in, you know, on the back end database wise, and that's still, I think, an interesting uh, dilemma that we'll always have. But, you know, from an interface standpoint, if you're building things at, in an app-like manner, maybe that starts to reduce and remove some of the, the complexity or complication um, and will help us do a better job. Not that it's perfect, that it's an exact science, but be a little better. Um, because if I, I can build an app and I know what this thing does and I know it uses data from these other places, but that's okay. We, we all, you know, we'll work to talk the same language and I can pull in that data. Um, but then if I have to change that app, um, I don't have to do anything to anyone else, right? Um, I can change an interface and it doesn't impact anybody. I can uh, do something to that app and it doesn't change. So I, I just threw that out because I thought maybe, you know, I was reading about that. And maybe that's part of an answer to help um, reduce some of this complication that we have out there today. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and, you know, uh, another piece that I, I thought about, and then as I, I watch your time, because we did say we were going to do an hour segment, and I, I do want to do uh, a, a segue to talk, to give you an opportunity to talk about something that we're really excited about um, with B2T. Um, but, but one last thing that just to kind of cue people up, we do, we are going to do um, uh, at least one other show related to this. So, Take take the time, marinate on the topic, and then call us um, on our our next show. We usually queue them up for every every two weeks. I know Coop and I our schedules have been busy, but my my hope is that uh, very soon we'll get that on the schedule so you can also mark your calendars um, and join us. And it's been a while since we've had a kind of call in segment, but we really um, enjoy those and they're they're a lot of fun. We like to hear. Um, and maybe Coop and I are way off base. Maybe um, it's we're making it <laughs> <Yeah>. overly complicated. <laughs> right. Um, That's true. Yeah, we, we, we here. I mean, I, yeah, challenge us. Hope, and maybe we are, and hopefully we are, and it's a lot easier than we're thinking. So please tell us. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
But, you know, like you said, I wanted to do uh, uh, one quick segue uh, because, you know, B2T um, is doing something. And, and something that you brought up, we talked about, we hit upon a little bit earlier about how we're getting our, our people, our resources uh, trained and you're getting them, um, you know, getting them up to speed and how to approach different projects and so on and so forth. So B2T, being a training organization, you guys, you know, we're working on something pretty innovative. So I was wondering if you would take the time to share with our audience some of the new things that are coming up with B2T. Yeah, so the the big thing, and Jacqueline, you know, you're you're a huge part of this. You're part of the team here. Um, that uh, we were we designed an apprenticeship program, um, and and that program kind of has two objectives, or we're trying to hit on two main goals. One, we see we see a lot of a lot of people either graduating college um, or people that are trying to transition into a, a BA type role, um, having a real difficult time finding work in in this industry and doing business analysis work because they don't have any of the experience. Um, the the other piece is we see some organizations are struggling to find new emerging talent. So you know the uh, part of it's the younger generation, the ones that are going to be their uh, consumers in the future. So um, how do they bring in this this new emerging talent into their organization um, and and feel good and have a spot for them and something to do, right? At All at, you know, an affordable price. Um, because now there are a lot of organizations, and I've talked to a lot of people, and they talk about, well, we just bring in senior people. But you can't – I mean, I think it's best to have a good mix of of senior and not-so-senior people. So we define, you know, we created this apprentice program where um, it's a cost-effective way for you to bring in uh, organizations to bring in new emerging talent. It's a way for people wanting to get into the role that have the aptitude, that have the willingness to learn, the drive to get better, to get some experience. So what we do is – we find um, this talent, these people that are going to be great uh, BAs of the future, and kind of train them up and put them side by side with a mentor as they come uh, and start to work in organizations. And we're starting here in Atlanta because Jacqueline and I are here in Atlanta and we are able to support it. But we're going to try to grow this to, to more cities as um, as things happen. But the, the idea is bringing in this emerging talent into organizations, uh, allow them to thrive in the organizations and get experience by being trained by B2T experts and also having those B2T experts as, as mentors that they can reach out to and use. So we think it's it's a, a great fit. Uh, we've talked to a lot of people that are um, thinking it's it's a good fit as well. So as you have, if you're in an organization, you have the needs for some emerging talent, uh, please give us a call or contact me at coop at b2ttraining.com. Um, and if you're somebody that wants to be an apprentice, that you want to get into this industry, you want to do this stuff, um, and you want to come out of this apprenticeship program with, you know, the, the training and kind of uh, certification and pieces to, to excel you to the next level, right? So um, coming out of this apprenticeship program, we see you having, you know, critical experience that can get you jobs in many places. So um, reach out to us, and we'd love to, to partner with all sides to make this a reality. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Absolutely. Very, very excited about this, and I, I say it being a win-win on all sides. So, um Come on and get in on the ground level. Um, I think it's going to be really exciting. And, well, Coop, we have spent the last hour together, um, and I think we've hit a lot of things. I've got my list here. Um, I'll be ready to, to pick this up in two weeks. And in the meantime, I want to make sure that we maybe get another uh, some other point of view. And it doesn't have to be business analysts. Um, I look forward to maybe hearing from developers, you know, um, you know, we, we haven't had that type of uh, episode. I know from time to time David from Project Management, he uh, gives us his perspective. But I would definitely love to get uh, developers and even testers to join in on our conversation. So I'll put that on my uh, to-do list here and, 
and uh, we'll kind of mix it up and, and bring in some other perspectives as well. But in the meantime, just want to bid you a good evening. Enjoy the, the, the conversation, and um, just looking forward to the next one. Awesome. Thank you, Jacqueline. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Have a good evening. Until next time. You have been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. For a full list of our podcasts, social media handles, and upcoming shows, visit our web portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. Join our text club and get monthly alerts of upcoming events and initiatives. Text the phrase full steam ahead to 41411. Financial support and donations of any denominations are welcome. Your contributions help us sustain and reach undeserved communities who benefit from the many programs, role models, and technologists that we showcase. Thanks to our sponsors, partners, and thank you, our listeners. And remember, we encourage you to listen, learn, leverage, launch. This episode is sponsored by and features B2Ttraining.com. B2T Training has trained and equipped almost 15,000 of the most successful and high-performing practitioners of business analysis since the year 2000. Our courses are developed and taught by the most respected and highest qualified experts in the industry. We know that transforming the way you and your team perform business analysis is not a one-size-fits-all approach. And we understand that your business analysis practice has unique problems and deserves a unique program offering. Using our holistic approach, we will identify the pain points that will result in the best opportunity for your team or organization to realize the change they're trying to achieve. Change begins with knowledge and skills. Our learning events also include ongoing enrichment and reflective activities that provide students the boost they need to sustain their learning and competency. In other words, we make it stick. Get your business analysis training from the most respected and highest qualified source of experts in the industry. Find out more about our public class offerings in various U.S. locations or call to speak with one of our training solution sales associates toll-free at 866-675-2125. Follow us on social media and visit www.b2ttraining.com. That's B, the number 2, T, training.com and see our full course outlines, blog, and free downloadable resources. We get it. We'll help you get it too. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.